0: Welcome to Four Thoughts of Our Founders, the podcast for the Higher Education Leadership Foundation. We are practitioners, scholars, administrators, and researchers seeking to find like-minded individuals committed to creating rich cultural capital for the sole benefit of this space. Most importantly, we are health, and we describe this space and ourselves as zealots of a sacred space. Got a really special guest here today. I am not going to belabor the point, so we're going to get at it. Jared Carter, welcome to the podcast. Help. How you like (laughs) that intro, boy? Far too
1: kind with that kind of (laughs) intro, bro. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> hey man
0: hey man we're, we're trying to uh we're trying to uh represent represent things in all in uh, represent things in excellence uh in all ways you know that's that hbcu digest thing you know so we're we're trying to be trying to be like jared <laughs> no
1: no no please don't <laughs> please don't, <laughs> don't you kind thank you
0: how are things going up your way man first and foremost
1: um you know, it, God is great, man. Um, wife and babies are okay. Uh, we don't have any any fevers, um, any symptoms so far, and we're we're really holding to staying in the house. So we we in here fighting one another. we we're. we're um, <laughs> we in between wrestling and watching Marvel movies. So, you yes, know, sir. Ty- typical black American family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, <laughs>
0: man. Well, Godspeed to you and your family and uh, really all Americans. In um, fact, all the citizens of the globe right now, man, because yes, we're all yes, sir. we're all in this beast, man. Who is Jared yeah. Carter?
1: Um, I, I would I hope I hope that it's um, it's accurate to say, you know, uh, a husband, a daddy. Um, you know, a brother uh, and a journalist, um, and I hope that those things uh, that people would agree that they they, they best represent. Um, and what I when I'm doing on a daily basis and what I write, he um, went a lot of the stuff that caused a lot of controversy and and you know, royal some some strong opinions that that that's what I care about. Um, and I hope that those four elements really really come into play when we're talking about these schools, man. Yes, um, sir. That uh, I think all of us that are working Mm -hmm. in the sector put so much of ourselves, not just professionally but personally, into it. Yes, sir. So a lot of the stuff that I've tried to write over this decade, the last decade, has has come from those perspectives. Um, I I I started to digest when I was um, a new father. I was just ahead of being a new father. Wow. So Uh, so a lot of
0: so let me say this to you really quick. Yeah. Um, I think those who know. Um, Appreciate and love you would agree with those four things that you pointed out Um, and they led um, invariably uh, those things uh, led you to do something that most people who don't know you well uh, have gotten to know you and that thing is called HBCU Digest right? Yeah. How did you get to that space? Why? What did I understand you graduated from, was it Bowie State or Morgan State? Morgan. 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 Morgan State. My apology. The Bears, right? No problem. I got a lot of of love for Bowie, but I'm I'm orange and blue. Orange and blue, and you're also a member of a Greek-lettered organization?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It suffice to say first of the first. Yes, sir. You know, I would, I would, I would say, brother, that you have exponentially raised my expectations and love for Cap Alpha <laughs> Between you, Michael Sorrell, DeWan Warmack, <laughs> Anthony Jenkins. Yes, I sir. Mean- <laughs> we, we appreciate it, man. And Jared and
0: I, there's a little banter here because he makes it clear that the Alphas are really running um, the HBCU leadership space. And we give them credit for, for the quantity however the quality is of question so i just want to note that i will concede in one uh, aspect uh, and challenge in another so uh, but i but but i love all those brothers who are are, are laboring uh, in this precious vineyard so um it's something that i always talk about this vineyard that we have but but um so we know that uh jared uh the the tenacity and veracity in which he tackles um, coverage of our institutions and advocacy for them is rooted in um, a special place up there in the uh, Maryland area, and that being yeah. Morgan State, and and rooted also in his uh, love and affinity for Black Greekdom. So, how did how did uh, digest come? Did you get a gig out of college, or was it like, like how did that happen, man?
1: So a lot of a lot of people don't know, the first um, kind of online product I did was actually a sports blog. It was the HBCU sports blog. Um, my training at Morgan was as a sports writer. Oh wow! And so <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Was, yeah, yeah. I covered I covered sports all through college. Uh, even when I was editor of the spokesman newspaper at Morgan, was still heavy into sports. That's that's what I wanted to do in life. And um, I had a professor, Frank Dexter Brown at Morgan, uh, who was a mentor of mine, uh, editor at Vibe Magazine, um, worked at so many, you know, Savoy, so many black publications. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, you, um, you're you good at sports, but you shouldn't limit yourself to just that. Um, you shouldn't, you know, you should think about business. You should think about politics. Like, you can, you can do more than just sports. And I wasn't trying to hear it at the time. Uh, so when I you know came out of school, uh growing up I, I'm a native of uh Prince George's County outside of Washington D C in okay. Maryland. Um, a town called Sea Pleasant. PG and, County. PG County. And uh after that, you know, was just trying to figure out, well, you know, I love HBCUs. What's a way that we can get more coverage? Um and at the time my training was, was sports. So I started H B C U Sports Blog. And What I have to give credit for the launch of the digest was there's a website called Onidan.com, O-N-N-I-D-A-N.com, which is ran by a brother, Eric Moore, out of Carolina. Okay. And what he was doing for sports for so many years in terms of the message board and the way he would report on stuff, Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I'm going to get my ass whooped by Eric Moore. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm about to bite it. (laughs) Just not. I'm not as well versed and I'm not as knowledgeable as he in sports. So then, you know, my, my thinking was, well, you know, I'm pretty good with news coverage. Mm -hmm. Let me try that. So, uh, January 25th, 2010, uh, HBCU digest. Wow. So, and the very first story that I wrote was, uh, some students, uh, protesting at Johnson C. Smith, uh, coming back for a party and, uh, campus police, Kind of rough them up, mm. coming back on campus because you know they're loud and they're yeah. they're carrying on. And what I didn't know at that time was what I thought was just going to be reporting news. I had no clue that news for us was only a vehicle for ultimate advocacy. Mm. That you you know we can't we can't just do news and, and report it straight up and down. Right, we got to have. Angles. We got to have a lot of context with what goes on in our yes,
0: campus.
1: Yes, sir. And so I say all that to say that that kind of strange, beautiful path mm-hmm. is what has taken us to you know some crazy places over the last ten years to learn how do I you know build relationships with presidents and trustees and what are the best ways that I can represent their interests? What are the best ways I can represent the interests of the students and the alumni? But at the same time, be very conscious of uh, politically what is it what is what do certain messages mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, legislatively, what do we have to think about? What do we have to think about in terms of advocacy organizations like Burger Marshall and UNCF and yeah. NASIO? Yeah. So, you know, it it's really it's really been a, a a crazy maddening glorious education over the last ten years. I'm 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 just lucky.
0: How 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 grateful are we? And and this isn't to suggest that individuals at um, PWIs don't experience this, but how grateful are we to experience the nurturing, uh, the encouragement, chastisement, um, mentorship that we get from faculty um, and administrators at HBCUs, man? Because had that brother not said to you, don't limit yourself, um, you probably would have found your path, but not as quickly. Would Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I, when I was younger, I used to get this. I used to be like, man, I could have, <laughs> I, I could have been somewhere like Sports Illustrated. I could have been somewhere like ESPN. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. if I had just stuck with sports, mm-hmm. I could have. I could have been this. But that that wouldn't have. That would have meant something to me. It would not have meant something to the HBCU sector. Mm. And I'm not saying that from a from an arrogant place. I'm just saying like it ain't. It ain't just about what I want and what i can do amen I, it, it's it's more about what what what's going to help what's going to help the people I and see. i'm so i'm so blessed man because it's as crazy as y'all drive me
2: yeah yeah well that's our job <laughs> hell we gotta you know you need some work crazy. don't you
1: we got to and do some crazy, crazy stuff right it is I, I i'm having i literally brother i'm having the time of my life man and i um it uh it's overwhelming sometimes how how fortunate it is to kind of do this work and mm-hmm. and tell the story because mm-hmm. you know 50, 60, 70 years from now, hopefully hopefully more willing people will be looking back and they'll they'll need the to oh they will to definitely say where do we go
0: from absolutely here? they will if if not for for only just a historical marker that revolutionized how we began to really take control of the narrative and look oftentimes. Um, The truth is not pretty and it doesn't feel good, but that yeah. does not negate the fact that um, truth to power, power to truth um, and and shining light on angles that people yeah. haven't necessarily thought about or never heard uh, didn't need to happen. And so that's a void, uh, Jared, that I think, you know, you'll be on the right side of history. Uh, but I also think that there's something really special about doing work uh, for others. It's that unconditional work, and that yeah. feeling is different and it's intoxicating. When you when yeah. you give to something greater than yourself, that feeling that you experience will be something that is addictive. If innately you already have a spirit of service in you,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to it's hard to describe because it's, mm-hmm. and I tell you this and I tell, you know, other brothers and sisters who I won't name. Don't <laughs> don't let these campuses kill you, um because I think that when I don't think that people realize what it what a toll it is to look at a big picture of something. Right. So students look in a dorm and they say, man, I got mold. I got I got I got ants mm-hmm. or I don't like the food. And the faculty will say, well, you know, we're not letting in, you know, this, this, this the kind of student that deserves this opportunity. Right? right. And we got so many challenges with these students. They ain't paying bills and we gotta, you know, do drop do this for drop ads and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They don't really look at it from a a presidential or a provost or even a dean perspective and say, if you only knew how much it costs for us to get rid of these ads. Only for them ants to come back because these students are going to drop crumbs all over the floor in the dorm room,
0: taking their if meals from knew, the from the calf to the room. Right? If, yeah.
1: If you only knew, if we didn't let some of these students in who may not have yet realized their academic potential, that they're going to go home and there's a cycle of poverty that's going to not yet be broken. So the complaints that we have on a on a very surface level. When you're looking at them from the overarching level, Mm -hmm. you really have a different appreciation for what it's like to run a campus. And you see, like, I get why you're complaining. I get why you're frustrated. I get why you're heartbroken. But there is so much of a larger picture that comprises an HBCU campus and so much more that comprises our mission and so much more that comprises, like, what does it take to make this thing run? What does it take for me to duck these? you know, these these city council persons or to duck these state senators that are trying to get us to do something we don't necessarily want to do. Um and yeah. that, that, and so that's you. Yes. That's you as Dr. Felton over yes, Wiley sir. College. That's just one. Yeah. Well, then imagine when you're looking at that town one hundred.
0: Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you, you know, a a a loving admonishment and reminder that we should take care of ourselves because Um, We're really clear. Some of us are clear that the minute we fall out, someone else is going to occupy the seat (laughs) and uh, there will be nothing left. It's also interesting that you said that because our last UNCF meeting uh, of the 37 members, you know, we gather three times a year. And I was saying in closing, uh, for the good of the order, I had, uh, you know, really reminded my peers um, to take care of yourselves and to live healthy lifestyles, and to understand that it's important for us uh, to take care of ourselves. And by that time, I was three weeks into my first ever diet. And I, <laughs> I got this Noom app, bro, uh, yeah. Real Talk. And and um, I'm down like 15 pounds. And I've never, mm-hmm. I'm not a heavy dude or anything, so it, what it was for me was, um, really changing my lifestyle and how I eat. So I'm trying to get another 50 in, right? You know, I'm 48 right. now, so if I can get me another 50, I'm Gucci. Um, <laughs> but Walter Kimbrough came over to me afterwards because it was, you know, it was a vulnerable moment that we shared as a 37. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Herman, you make sure that whatever time you leave the office, you take some time to go walking. And he said, I do it every day. Um, and I go, I I go prepare, you know, he, he cooks dinner for his family. Um, Mm -hmm. shout out to Walter Kimbrough, who's affectionately known as the Dean uh, of, of the folk, but, but he put his hand on my shoulder and told me to make sure that I took care of myself. So I'm just letting you know, bro, I might not be in this, um, in this space, too much longer because I'm slimming down. I might get that contract <laughs> to be the next top model. So, uh, <laughs> if I if I check out, you'll know that your boy to you know slim down and uh, some folk looking for me and want me to model some things. And I might. Well, have I
1: mean, to, but that, that's a, that's point, man. Yeah. And we've talked about that. We've talked about it privately. Yeah. Like you know, at at a certain point, this is a this is a generation of leadership. Absolutely. That is realizing, like, I, I love these schools and I love black people but y'all are not going to kill me. you no, sir. not going to take me away from my spouse. No, not going to take me away from my children and away from my, my community. And if we don't wise up and start thinking about our presidents and our chancellors as as our people, people. we yeah. just think that they're just targets. Like, yo, I'm a, I'm tired of the way you do this and I'm tired of the way you do that. Yeah. You you da it up. Okay, F it, I'm gone. Let somebody else do it. And yeah. then slowly but surely, which, all this hope that we had as a sector in hey look how many sisters we bringing in here that's right Look how many young people we bringing in here mm-hmm. to the, to the leadership chair they're going to leave you know and then i, I we're going to be left with what with
0: with, with the bnc ta- bnc right. talent i I, right. I really think that you know, our, the sage of the group and our predecessors have done a phenomenal job. And, and, and why I have a tremendous amount of respect for everyone who has sat in this seat, whether they've had successes or failures and whether they were self-inflicted or not, the gravity of being in this space is something that you can't understand um, and you will never. You can try to, unless you sit in the space, um, and so I have a, a great deal of respect for all of them, but I also recognize that there, there's there, there was a turning point, and it was probably around the time when Michael Sorrell and Kimbro came in because they they're pretty much peers. They came in around mm-hmm. the same time, um, but there was th- this overwhelming now, um, I think, attractiveness. Um, to the space, it's more public, you know, I've, maybe I wasn't, uh, around people, but I, it seems like now there are more people that want to hold, um, this prestigious spot. Um, right. and really I'm, I'm leery of those. I'm more interested in cultivating those who are leaders who bubble up to the top, right? Because if all you want is the pinky ring and the chief of police walking behind you, um, then you got another thing coming and uh, right. thinking that the presidency is this, this great thing to do. It really is about getting anonymous, nasty vitriol thrown at you. It's about people not being understanding about what it takes to run an institution. Um, and I, I have to tell you this too, Jared, Like, it's one of the reasons why I am as transparent as I am with my campus community Because I'm hoping that in my sharing of information that empathy will build and that they will be much more cognizant of more factors that they didn't take into place into consideration before they begin to let me know what's wrong you know, start out with what, what you did right. Uh, president felt you got, you got this right and that right. But there's a little work that needs to be done over in this area who couldn't, right. who couldn't receive that message.
1: It's, it's a, it's a balance, man. You have to have, it seems to me and you know, to be, to be fair to you and everybody else that holds that spot. I've never had to furlough somebody. I've never had to fire somebody. I've never had to call a mom and say, you know, your child got shot and killed, killed off campus. Um, so so much of the, so much of the, the worst parts of the job, I have no clue what that feels like other than observation. But I do think that we have to, one, hold the community accountable for saying you're asking one brother, one sister to essentially run a major corporation in their town or city, right? And you're asking that brother or sister who's in the chair, run this major company that employs hundreds and hundreds of people and serves thousands and thousands of people, and by the way, is an economic anchor wherever that school sits
0: in that community.
1: Right. So, what you're, you're asking that one person run it, right? But then the the board to which most of y'all report don't they don't really they don't really have a context for how do you run a business like that in higher education? Many of them have ran churches. They ran. Funeral Homes, they run school systems. They run hospitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've done they've done they've done good work, but that's not higher education. Yeah, and if and... you haven't studied it, if you haven't learned, if if you don't read legislative updates, and you don't read, go to county council meetings, mm-hmm. and you don't know what it's like to have to talk to you know. The Methodist or the, or the or the Baptist conference,
0: the CME you
1: know or I mean? the
0: AME or AME, the AME Zion. You, don't, you yeah. don't
1: know what it. You don't know what it's like. So I think that part one of, of our challenge is we got to give the brother and sister presidents and chancellors more credit for what they have to do and how many people to whom they have to be beholden. That's but right. number two, brother and sister presidents, they got to. You can't. You can't be a king or a queen in this thing yeah so when you yeah. walk around saying you know my my expectation is this and da and the first thing I'm gonna do when I get here is wipe out everything that my predecessor did mm-hmm. you don't have up.
0: yeah it's it. <laughs> and, and that's that's what's tricky, man. It, it really is tricky when you get all of the information you have to make decisions that sometimes you don't have the time to explain. Uh, and some people won't ever understand you, you have to be really careful. Like I found, I followed a giant at, at Wiley college. Hayward Strickland had been here for 18 years. He's my predecessor. I call him 16 and I talk to him probably twice a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and I consult with him on every difficult decision that I make just to make sure that I am reasoned, um, in logic right? I want to take my heart out of the situation when I need to and be about the business of the college. And I want to make sure that my heart is present when it needs to be, even when I'm about the business of the college. And so I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones, man, that I have, um, the capacity to reach out and be received by my predecessor. Um, and, And it's been beneficial because I've been able to figure out like this doesn't make sense to me. Why did you do this, Dr. Strickland? And Mm -hmm. and oftentimes he provides color and it saves me from making a decision that I couldn't see. Even though I like to think that I stay playing three dimensional chess, sometimes there's a move that may uh, I may make that may injure me. So I'm always right. uh, I'm, I'm really lucky that I'm able to to fall back on him. And so that my point about, um, you know, coming out and wiping out, wiping out, coming behind and wiping out the predecessors. Um, I fortunately don't know what that's like because I didn't have right. that, that. That's not my experience. That's not to say that that isn't happening. Um, and it could be. But again, I'll fall back to my default when. Um, offering a defense for my brother and sister presidents and their actions, uh, they're saying that, that that you know that 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 information sometimes it looks just a little different, you know, when you don't have all the information. To,
1: again, yeah. that, that that's my ignorance, right? Because sometimes you get in there and you find my predecessor almost shut this school down. Mm-hmm. But I think that you have to have the master the psychology of a campus. You can't you can't come some behind somebody and say even if they were hated, mm-hmm. and say, all that you did got to go. Yeah. yeah, Because what, what winds up happening is, before you got there, that person who everybody hated hired somebody who knows where all the screws are. That's right. So when you throw them out, they won't tell you where the screws are. They won't tell you where the cracks are. That's right. And even though the campus has given you a lot of adulation, hmm there's still there's still infrastructure issues that you got to be aware of. Yeah. And you can't just come in and say, All of y'all were part of a failing, a failing culture here. We getting ready to reverse engineer all of that. You can and do, do that, that, Jared, was, but you gonna die. <laughs> you're gonna die. And, and and I'm gonna tell you who did this in an expert way. And you know, I don't I don't care about calling folks' names out. Morehouse. People couldn't stand John. People couldn't stand them. I mean, but when David Thomas got there, mm-hmm. when you got to Wiley, the first thing you say is, "All right, look, we got some cracks in armor, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk to the team. We're gonna work on this." I, Chris did it at Kentucky State. Yep. We're gonna talk to it. We're gonna talk to the team, and this is how we're going to review what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You don't just come in there and throw everybody up. Yeah. But when you but when you get there and you and you take that community embrace. Uh, process and say something is wrong but we're going to fix it together mm-hmm. inevitably you're able to build that trust with the community you're able to build that trust with the folks who know the infrastructure and they believe in you and they let you fix the issue that's right uh, if you come in there if you come in there like the 18 mm-hmm. they're going to let you fall on your face yeah so yeah. the goal is you have to know No matter what your personality is, no matter what your education is, no matter what your training is, -hmm. you got to come in there and know the group that you're looking at in your first address is the group that's either going to pick you up and put you on their shoulders Mm -hmm. or they're going to pick you up and throw you over the top rope.
0: Yeah, man, we're talking about, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about prudence, right? right? We're talking about understanding that you don't know where the landmines are. Number 1, number 2, you don't know whose cousin is still on your payroll. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> and who's going back and telling everybody what's going on?
0: Um so that that um uh that's that's one thing, right? Because um you have no idea um the loyalty first of all, right? None of us are going to get it right, but all of us are going to have some people on our campus. That absolutely are smitten with us in a professional way, right? That that's gonna happen, um, and then we're gonna have some people who are happy to see us leave. That's right. just the way it is. And I would argue that if you're if you're if you have any modicum of effectiveness to you, you're gonna have some people that love you and hate you. Period. You, if everybody loves you, I, I I don't necessarily know that that's a good thing. Right. The other thing to your point that that I'd like to just, just really tease out and make fun of is uh, my penchant for disdain, if you will, for people who want to come and tell you what their vision is for a place that they've spent no time at <laughs> and or <laughs> have not talked to the people who are there, right? right. I remember being asked the question Um, for both of my gigs for the presidency. And what is your your vision for the institution? Don't know. I'll let you know once you give me this job. Um, Like I have an idea of what I'd like to happen based on the questions and the information you provided, but I can't give you a vision because I've not felt the aura of the institution. I've not walked the hallowed grounds. I have not talked with my new teammates and I don't know what the current vision is. Maybe I can mm-hmm. co-opt what the current vision is. It might be dope enough to push us into a new stratosphere. But when right. people come on an interview with me, I'm done when you tell me what your vision is. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, because and, and maybe somebody can help me, reach out to me after you hear this and tell me how I move from that. But I don't know how you have a, a vision for something that you know nothing about. Right. I don't know how you do that. So it, it's always funny. Um, And this goes to your point of people coming in and tearing, gutting stuff before you get a chance to talk to people and find out what's good and what's, you know, you know, lift the hood up and really kick the tires around. I think you have to do that to be to be
1: effective uh, now. And, and sometimes you got to have the tension with that. I mean, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't cross you when I say this.
2: hmm.
1: We you and I, you and me. Mm hmm. We cussed each other out in private. Oh yeah, we were gonna
0: we are gonna get to <laughs> that, know? but we can go into that right now. Like I I think I think um, yeah. So let's segue from other stuff, and we're gonna get into some hot topics around right. higher ed. But I think our our relationship, I think is um, is um, I don't think that it's an anomaly or different from people who have very similar personalities um, but lack an understanding. Of each other, yeah. W- would you say that that's that's fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so go ahead and uh and and tell them how we curse each other.
1: <laughs> well, I won't I won't talk too much about the details, but yeah, yeah. I think that what I would say is that we discovered about each other that we have the same approach to how how do you how do you protect these people in these schools, right? Mm-hmm. But we have a little bit of a different methodology. mm-hmm from a leadership perspective. Mine is from a journalism perspective. Right. And the topic where we first talked was, all right, well, here's some information that we have and how do you want to handle it? hmm And mine was from one perspective, yours from another. Both of them are correct. We cussed each other out. Yeah. On the telephone. We took about a but 2 But what week- we discovered at the end of that, I think the consensus that we reached was, what is best for the school? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. what is best for the school how do we how do we reach a means where this is what's best for the school yeah i think that once we heard each other say that Mm -hmm. then it becomes all right this brother's okay I'll give you another specific one, and I'm I'm sure there's another. I only seen the fight with Cappers. It seems um, <laughs> that's because I you. Thought, I that's because thought that you. I fought with more cues that's that anything,
0: animosity but. that you have, Jared. You want you want that cane <laughs> bad, brother. That's what
1: it is. But it's all good. But I'll give you another one, and I'm sure you won't mind. Me and, me and Johnny Taylor, we had the same kind of introduction. Mm-hmm. And this, and I'll give you the details on this one. So this started. I wrote a piece years ago. Where Johnny had just come out and said, we need to, black colleges need to sue Obama. He is doing us wrong. And I said, publicly, and never had a word with Johnny, which was my fault, in which I've matured enough to get out of doing. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, Johnny Taylor, you're right, but you don't lost your damn mind. Your money ain't long enough. <laughs> your money's not long enough to fight the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, you sue." And then what? You caught him in court for 20, 30, 40 years if you can get that far. Yeah. So, to Johnny's credit, Johnny didn't write another editorial and say, well, you know, who is this fool? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's on WordPress. It ain't the New York Times. Like, <laughs> who, who is this guy? What he, you know, what what he did was he called me. Mm-hmm. And he's, <laughs> I ain't going to say what he said. Yeah. But it, it, it was, for Who you think you're talking to, essentially. Yeah, and at the time I'm thinking, am I like you? But what we again, it was a conversation that I think that we both, as brothers and men, said we may disagree, but let's let's hear one another out. Yeah, and it was the same situation where we discovered that we we really really had the same thing in mind. We both were very upset with what was going on with the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. We both were trying to figure out how do we work this thing when so many of our people love this man. And we love the symbolism of this man. But this man isn't doing us right. Yeah. And from that conversation mm-hmm. on, we figured out, okay, let's, let's work together. Let's talk more regularly mm-hmm. so that you and I are on the same wavelength. So yeah. when I say something, Johnny Taylor can back it up. If Johnny Taylor says something, I can back it up.
0: And, and also when we are at a point where we don't necessarily agree, we can agree to disagree without, right. without emotion. And I, I, right. I think it's also good, Jared, and I'm comfortable with, um, coloring, you know, some context or, about, uh, our, Uh, conversation and Mm -hmm. it was about my leadership at Wilberforce and there was questions around um, I don't know uh, I'm not quite sure what it was but you were getting ready to write an article and I took the position that is an unspoken um, stance in the HBCU leadership space and that is if you didn't get fired what well, you should never, number one, but certainly if you didn't get fired, um, you don't have any bones to pick. And there is a person in the hot seat, uh, meaning a president there. Yeah, I don't have any right or business to talk about what I did there, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. And so right. my 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 stance was that I'm not talking about Wilberforce, I just left there, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously Mm -hmm. going to Big Up Tony, uh, Alfred Anthony Picard, who was my provost when I was there, and I'd like to think that I was instrumental in in, uh, the work that we did together in helping him transition into the seat. So I I certainly wasn't gonna say anything that could have been construed not from you, but from anybody else uh, in a way that I may have had an ax to grind or I wished uh, evil or bad for for Wilberforce. And and as a journalist, you saw it differently. And I think why we are where we are now two years later, because that was two years Mm -hmm. ago, um, was Mm -hmm. because um, we actually listened even while we were having a heated and contested conversation. We were listening to the salient points of each
1: other. Oh, I... I totally agree, but I think that that starts with, particularly with black men saying, above all else, even if I, and I'm not saying this was us, but even if I can't stand him, that's still a brother.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: some people in the state that I can't stand. Yeah, but 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 if they do something correct, then you got to give them the credit because it ain't. It's not about whether I I like you or you like me. You're doing something that's gonna you're gonna help the school. Yeah. yeah. Now it, it just so happened, you know, that once once we had talked about because it never it never was a situation where it was like, you know, he's going to, he's going to harm the institution Mm -hmm. or he's going to make it. So this thing is going to fail. This was always about how are we, how are we balancing years and years and years and decades and decades and decades of of stuff going wrong? Yeah. Right. And (laughs) so what kind of insight, and I can't even say going wrong, i have to even more say it's not going wrong it's just money and time is changing yeah 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 so what what context can we give to to make that more clear and i think that this was particular in in the, in the years because the whole thing with bennett was going on
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and we were just we were just starting to scratch the surface of being more transparent about hey, maybe we didn't do something wrong, nobody was stealing, mm-hmm. nobody was making bad decisions, it just, you know, the industry changed, man.
2: Yeah, it does. And so how do
1: we catch up to that?
0: Yeah, it does. Last thing I'll say to this is, I, I it's kind of funny, I think, but um, it may not be, but I wish people understood how difficult it would be for people who they have claimed to have stolen money to actually steal money on a campus. It is, <laughs> it is really, really difficult to to steal money. So stop saying somebody's stealing from your campus because it is right. likely not happening. It is very difficult. The places, the way the Department of Ed uh, allocates resources, you'd have to have an entire d- business department in cahoots with you to 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 right. steal money and and, right. and and lastly the auditors will catch it like quickly. It's not going to be something <laughs> <laughs> that you can.
1: I always tell people you, if you think folks are stealing, first what what is there to steal?
0: Right. Well, that's number one. <laughs>
1: let's
0: let's start with <laughs> the obvious. That's number one. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then yeah. second of all, yeah. if you did steal it, it's so it's so few people <laughs> around that somebody's going somebody gonna call the police. Listen. Somebody Jimmy, Jimmy you can't, Jenkins you can't
0: do it. Jimmy Jenkins my mentor predecessor the former president of Everwood's college my alma mater uh, would always say three people uh, can keep a secret if two of them dead <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so so you know there, it's just impossible what what um what excites you about the HBCU space man um i would say first
1: Young leadership, and, and and what I what I've learned is that it's it's really easy to say, oh, we got to get younger, we got to get younger, we got to get younger. But what is most exciting about it is that, excuse me, the young leaders that we have on campuses now have really embraced the mentorship of some of the the older retired presidents yes, that sir. we had a couple years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can see a lineage of Strick to Felton, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or Mary Saez to Christopher Brown at Kentucky State. Yep. Or, you know, uh, I'm trying to think.
0: Walter Kimbrough would hate this, but Walter Kimbrough to Roderick Smothers. Like, right. you, you <laughs> could you could keep going on and on, you know? Jimmy Jenkins as well. Like, there's, there's a, your point is, very, very valid and uh, and and so on point. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's critical um, that there's I I I, I like in those who have labored in the vineyards and gone on to retirement as libraries, and they cannot close. They have a I, I mean a wealth of information. And we right. have to make sure that we continue to visit those libraries for all of the good information. Dorothy Yancey's, the Beverly Hogan's, you know, all those folks out there that have done their job um, and are still reaching back to the space. I think they they are libraries to me. So I, I my my phone bank includes a great deal of them that I call from time to time to say hello or right. to just get some information about how they handled a, a particular pro, a problem that, or a challenge that I might be facing at that particular time.
1: Um, so I think it's, it's a couple things that excite me about it. and mm-hmm. it's, it's, As you said, it's exactly why young leadership with seasoned resources at their welcome and ready yeah. is one. Um, two, uh, the amount of sisters that are getting an opportunity.
0: Isn't that, um, isn't that wonderful, bro?
1: And and I'm gonna tell you why that is. Not just for the sake of, you know, it's it's we need to have equity, and not just for the sake of black folks should understand better than anybody what equity should mean and look like.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But more to the point that because we we are having, we are evolving in what matters as a society. You're gonna need women, and you're gonna need sisters in particular to be at the helm, since and the decision making. Why? Because you can't, you can't deal with sexual assault and rape on campus and not have women in the conversation. You cannot. Um, you can't. You can't deal with um, how do we get single parents educational access and equity, and not have women in the conversation. Not to say that brothers can't be, in it, but you got to have both.
0: No, I, 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 I couldn't agree more with you, bro. Because if you ever had to have a conversation, even addressing your campus about it, for me, I am so frightened to say the wrong thing. Um, Even with good intentions, sometimes we fumble over our words while we're having these discussions. And the last thing you want to do is come off as though you are victim blaming. Um, But, you know, while trying to create a message that says, be careful do things that less uh likely find you in a space where you are victimized like you if you don't have women to help guide you through that prof- that uh, process and 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 qualified capable and competent women to help you with that it can be it can be challenge um, right you know what else i i I would add to that though Jared is we've got to get to this space where we have openly gay men and women running our campuses as well um this is touchy for the black church and the black folk uh, but you don't get to be um some good you if you want to be great and to be great it that the the tent is large enough for all of us uh to be up under and uh i i will tell you this i have lost uh, young men and women who don't feel safe in the space and they've went elsewhere. Now, I don't know that it's safer, but they're at least um, more comfortable in being who they are. Uh, and our campuses are, uh, will have to quickly, I believe, uh, catch up to, to that space. And I think we're seeing it now. Um, it's, it's turning. Um, we're moving away from the patriarchal uh, stance that we had and, and the old, um, space where there wasn't room for everybody under the tent, but I think we're getting there. We're making we're making a turn. So in addition well, it, to women leading, I think we have to be all inclusive uh to the 10th degree
1: too. And, and even to that point, bro, it's like how are we going to be on campuses where more than 50-60% of our students are women? Yeah. A healthy number of our faculty and staff are women. Mm-hmm. And yet you don't you don't have women at the, at, the at the highest table. levels of leadership. Absolutely. Right? Not, not even just representing their interests, but just saying we reflect what the campus is. Mm-hmm. And even to your point about women and brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community, you're just, you're just you're shooting yourself in the foot by not showing your customer base, mm-hmm. hey, man, we care about you. You matter. And we care about you because we're, we're, we're getting people in here that can speak to your experience, mm-hmm. and even from from things big to small, man. I mean, you would think that this is about oh, okay. Well, we, you know, we got to revitalize curriculum, and we got to have student support services that include LGBTQ, you know, uh, resources, and we got to make sure we have counseling that fits that right. And, but but it's also the small things, the small things of do you even have a club on campus? That's right. That addresses that. Yeah. When you when you have SGA, do you have a liaison mm-hmm. that is specific to that community? So when they're having their meetings, they can talk about, hey, this is this is what this is what we're going through in terms of the the health center. This is what we're going through in terms of restroom facilities. This is what we're, we're going through in terms of housing. Yeah, this is what happens when a faculty member makes a, a backwards comment. You know what? How can we how can we get that resolved? So little things that you wouldn't think about on a day-to-day basis. You have somebody there who can who can speak to those experiences and say, hey, this is how we start to craft policy that yeah. is more inclusive.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you grapple with um, information that comes to you? Uh, clearly, your focal point is to give voice to HBCUs um, and to share your platform and uplifting our institutions you do that well and you also manage to be fair what some people will call being fair that is including the good and the bad how do you yeah. how do you how do you grapple or wrestle with um, covering something but not pouring salt on the wound or injuring or do you even worry about whether or not this is going to have an impact on um, the brand of the institution?
1: You know what bro that is one thing that praise God I've grown older to learn how to do a little bit better not Mm -hmm. to say if I'm doing it perfectly now um, but one of the practices I have now number one is weight there used to be a time you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One, two, three years in, it's like, oh man, I just heard this document mm-hmm. out. Boom. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I mean this is this, this people need to know. People need to know. Yeah. You know. I'm I'm Peter Parker with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it Clark Kent. Like yeah. people gotta know. But then you learn context means so much to our sector. Mm-hmm. And if you wait a day or two, you're gonna you're gonna see or hear some information that wasn't covered by Inside Higher Ed, wasn't mm-hmm. covered by the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn, oh, okay. So that's why the story is what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that waiting period says, I don't need to run a story at all. Yeah. And the hardest part about that is a lot of people will see stuff. And I'll give you a perfect example now. People are asking me, why haven't you done anything on the bill that just passed in Congress? Right. Mm-hmm. About the, 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 COVID-19, um, legislature and the funding. At first reading, that's a big deal. Black colleges need that bad boy,
0: man. Listen, when I tell you <laughs> it is Merry Christmas round this piece, I'm not, I look, I'd rather us not be getting it to be perfectly honest with you, because that would right. mean that, you know, families have their normalcy and America is normal. But, um, yeah, it, it it is going to be a huge, huge benefit to that's a, to our institution. The It'd reason a
1: I haven't come out yet, and I probably will this evening, is for the second point that I want to make. Sometimes if I write something or I put something out there, and I really want people listening to this to understand that this is not arrogant at all. A lot of people, besides folks in the HBCU community, read the Digest. A lot of people. And what I've learned is that sometimes I can make I can write a story and think that it it tells one set of facts Mm -hmm. and it tells one kind of story and then somebody else will pick it up and use it publicly or privately. For a whole different interpretation. Yes, sir. So I've tried to I've tried to wait on things like that and others, um, knowing that if somebody in a Republican Legislators' office on Capitol Hill sees that and they read it and gets the wrong interpretation about what this money is doing or what it's going to mean. I don't want what I've written to say, okay, that's the end of what black colleges are going to get for the next two years out of us. Right. So, you know, (laughs) I have tried to, to really, really slow down and, and make sure that what I'm saying and what I'm writing doesn't leave room for a lot of bad interpretation by anybody um, to make sure that if it, it protects people and if people do try to take an alternative interpretation, that it's easy to course correct that thinking and say, no, that's not, that's not what we wanted. That's not what we asked for. That's not what we're going to use it for. And that's not what it means. Here's what it is. So if you're gonna, if you're going to be a person that, that tries to represent the interests of a hundred plus campus community. I've learned you can't, you can't be fast out the gate. You can't be so you can't throw a haymaker every time. Sometimes you got to jab and sometimes you just got to wait.
0: Yeah. But you know what else I like? Um, I like that you also uh, mentioned that sometimes there's not even a need to run a story. Right. What, 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 what does that look like?
1: When it's, when there's no need, mm-hmm. um, Typically, if, if if there's something that's going to likely be resolved in itself, so I'll give you I'll give you some examples, right? So when we have situations um, on campus where there's there's accusations of sexual assault and the administration has covered it up, the the, the natural inclination for a reporter is like, yo, get that out there. That's important. That's mm. that's a big deal. Everybody's talking about it. that will be a lot of hits. To get that out there. But sometimes you. You, you may not need that story, and it's difficult because, one, I always think I want to protect the students who may be involved in that. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm never going to be a part of the investigation. I'm never going to be a part of what people will know, which is protected by FERPA. right? So if I know that certain details are never going to see the light of day, and the only information that's ever going to be made public is what the students put out there, then you don't jump in that pool so quickly because students can be wrong. Faculty can be wrong. Sometimes the administration can be wrong, but that's a story that you may, you may cover culture, but don't be very wary of covering details, because you never, you never know what police and what administration knows. Um, It's the same thing with decisions by the board. Yeah. Right. So, Everybody thought, oh, you know, when the when the Texas Southern thing happened with Lane, light you know, jed light him up, light him up. Look at that, look at that. They getting rid of president. Okay, you don't know. <laughs> you don't, you don't know. It is, sometimes it, you you can say, all right, here's an incident. You know, Austin Lane is going to leave Texas Southern. That's all we need to know. Because if you jump in there and say, oh, the board isn't acting right, or oh, the board doesn't isn't making the right decision, you you're don't don't wake up to an Easter surprise the next day uh because the board has a funny way of saying oh is that what you thought because here's what we know so you gotta stuff like so I would say things like like investigation mm-hmm. things like um certain policy discussions um a good a good uh example of that is what happened in Georgia when that 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 proposal came out that we're gonna merge Albany and Fort Valley and yeah. and uh savannah right so that you know you're you're thinking about that and say no that's a terrible idea but if you if you know policy-wise what's going on down there then you may made a minute that's not such a bad idea right <laughs> right. that's not such a bad right. idea but mm. you got but you got to balance that with are the people ready to hear that information yet
2: yeah
1: are they going to accept that that's not a bad idea if you don't present it the right way and to present it the right way, you have to have more information. That's right. That's so sometimes those are the, those are the examples where I will say, I don't need to do a story right now. And it may turn out that I never do one, but as long as there's a set of facts where it's like, there's more to this story. know, I've learned over the years, don't, don't do one.
0: I, I think that's, that's um, really insightful and helpful. Who, who dictates, um, Expertise is is a question that I'm, I'm coming to. But first, I want to ask, how often are we in the space um, helping you? And what I mean by that is, is how many of us rely on you? Are you happy with um, the level and has it changed? Has it gotten better or worse over the last couple of years? with uh, folks who who come to you with our good information and who answer your call when we have not so good information that needs to be discussed?
1: It's gotten a lot better. Um, and probably because I've had to grow up, I've had to grow up um, and not be so much of an asshole. Um, <laughs> Jared Garner, the alpha <laughs> asshole. I mean, who would say but such a thing? But I think that in, in getting older, um, of you guys meaning the presidents and the chancellors have at least even if even if we don't have a relationship have learned that the goal for me is to protect the school and that means to that means to protect y'all and so it's gotten a lot lot better um, and when I say that I mean not not even just meaning picking up the phone and being able to call one of y'all but that also means that when I go off the reservation sometimes that some of y'all will call me and 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 say, you know what? Um, are, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Did you hey, talk to anybody about this? Yeah. I mean, and, and and to that point, I mean, even sometimes, if I got to get aired out. So we thought, well, You and I had a conversation about that. USCS piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. people were people were so surprised. Like, well, damn! You just let you let Herman Felton give it to you on your own site. What was that about? Because it never it never was mine. Mm-hmm. It never was mine. I it, it, never told anybody. Only I am allowed to di- offer any kind of opinion, or thought, or research on what's going on with this sector. Only me.
0: Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you, you know, it was cool because when 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 I saw the article, I was like, "Yeah, let me call Jared." And and this is exactly what we said to each other. Hey, Jared, saw your your your, your article, man. I think you got it wrong a little bit here, bro. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think it. I'd like to just you know give you some information that you may not have or add a little more color and context to it your sure. words were
1: go ahead bro <laughs> whatever you whatever whatever you send i'm going to run yeah That's
0: it. and so i what i appreciate about that is um the the partnership um you know, at the end of the day. And, and most of us have to be brought to the space to understand the beauty in your work, right? People, people do not catch all of the positive information. It is only uh, the angst comes when they find themselves um, in, at the center of your attention. And mm-hmm. so people don't look at the beautiful picture, they just want to see the drip. Um, that me at the that may be at the corner and not understand or, or have context you know it it is troubling and I'll tell you as a president when when you got some stuff coming out, I am not here any I'm not in that space anymore because I've been gifted with the the opportunity to run two institutions. so the first one you yeah. sweat a lot you sweat about mm-hmm. everything and the second one you're like yeah no. I'm not, yeah, that, that doesn't matter. They can go talk and say whatever they want to do, do whatever, right. but when you are in in crises or you have challenging times, you feel like the world is closing in on you. And everywhere right. you turn, somebody's calling and saying, hey, this is going on, that's going on, and this person is right about it, and that person is right about it, and they talking about it on Facebook and Twitter. Like, that stuff will get to the best of us. Um, and if anyone doesn't want to acknowledge that I'd, I'd have to check their veracity, um, meter,
1: <laughs> you know, well, you, you gotta, you gotta do it a little bit in the era of social media for sure. Uh, um, cause what can be a snowball can turn into an avalanche real quick. Yeah. Um, but it is to say, if you know that there are a set of facts that, that aren't, that aren't accurate. Okay. Well, if anybody who matters, meaning this. You know, me and my staff, or my executive cabinet, my faculty, my students—if they want to ask me about it—I will give them the information. I will give them the information. I mean, but, uh, knock on wood—I've—I've never—I've never been sued for libel. I've never been sued for slander. And while people may say I don't like that he said that, I don't—I don't—I don't lie. And I don't bluff. Dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plain and simple. Like,
1: if you saw it, if you saw it, somebody told me. Mm-hmm. Somebody close to you told me. Now, whether you want to verify that or not is, is two different things. But I don't <laughs> – I mean, I did I did go to school for journalism. I mean, so, you know, that it, it ain't just me with a blog. Like, I actually know what I'm doing. I mean, and so to the, to the point that the, the, the important thing, I think, for presidents is to to look at what I'm trying to do and if it makes you a little uncomfortable, for example, uh, the, the big thing that makes a lot of the public presidents uncomfortable is if I say something about their governor. Right? Yeah. If I say, your governor ain't nothing. He's trying to kill you. This is particularly in North Carolina, right? They don't, you know, your governor, your legislature, they're trying to take your legs out from under you. They, that really makes them nervous because it's like, okay, well, I wonder if the governor sees this. Is he thinking that that's me saying that? Right? Right? So I, I do understand their their predicament um but it is to say that everybody who you know and I, and i'm going to everybody in particularly in the public system if you know that your legislator is trying to hurt you are you better served with nobody knowing it or with everybody knowing it because if you're better served with nobody knowing it i don't i don't have to touch this yeah. If that's what you think. I told folks at Southern, I told folks in Georgia, I told folks in Florida. If y'all are gonna sweat me, I don't have to say a word about you. <laughs> right. I don't. If you think that that's best, I won't say a word. But then the moment you say that is the moment that they say, Well, you know what? When we do get our funding cut, we would like some folks to know that. So we got to you know, we got to figure out a balance of what is it that's going to protect you. And how vulnerable do you want to be as a CEO? Because even if you don't say it, I will. So you you're better suited by working with me to say, "Hey, let me help you frame this thing." Yeah. Before you go completely off. Understanding
0: how to use you as a resource. Um, you obviously do your work um, independently of our institutions, but uh, you know I think people would be. Um, surprise! How effective um, you can be. First of all, you can say things that we can't say, uh, but secondly, uh, how effective of a um, a an ally you can be in helping us uh, do our jobs, which are already difficult. Um, let me let me ask you this, bro how how are we as a space? Um, how are we responding to um, what is an expert and who is an expert right um and what i mean by that specifically is is who gets to dictate who's the expert and why are professors and scholars and researchers inside the community never called um uh, to comment or give commentary or to provide context about this space
1: part of it it's the um, it's the gift and the curse of the HBCU, right? So from the top to the bottom, our schools have been run, like, um, and I don't know if anybody would get offended by this model, like the church model.
2: Yeah, you know the
1: president. The president's like the pastor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know the faculty and alumni are like you know the the congregation. The, de- the, 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 the congregation, mm-hmm. the trustees, the deacons, mm-hmm. and so what we've been used to is that. You know, the, the president or the chancellor is always going to be on campus and they're going to help us resolve disputes and they're going to help us raise money from campus. We're going to throw you know parties on campus and everything that we do is going to be here. And he or she is going to go to all the football games and that's when everything is beautiful. In a suit. We've not we've not looked at presidents need to travel. Presidents need to, to, to go off site a lot because that's what CEOs do to raise money, to build awareness. Yeah. And the same thing goes for our faculty. Mm-hmm. They got to get out there and be at conferences. They have to be able to, to do media calls. And the, the challenge is that when you have so much stuff going on campus, and let's say you're, you're a, a criminal justice faculty at Wiley, right? And that's a strong program at Wiley, mm-hmm. right? But to do it, to make sure that your students are getting everything they need, you got to be there. You got to be there to, to mentor them. You got to help them with their applications for law school, or, you know, they get into, you know, uh, a police training academy. Absolutely, yeah. You don't really have time to, you don't have a TA to help you with a lot of that, to help you with a lot of those logistical things. Mm -hmm. So you have to plan your, you have to plan your curriculum. You have to entertain the calls from your students when they have trouble. You still have to make your faculty meetings with your chair, with your dean. So you still have obligations on the campus. And a, a lot of people don't know, I also teach, um, community college. So you know a lot of those. That, that's even added to my my love and adoration for what you guys do. Because now that I've taught at a collegiate level, mm-hmm. now I even more understand <laughs> what this stress is like. So you don't even have the time to make the media calls. And you bring this up because we need to we need to talk about Maribel Gas. Yeah. <laughs> and so part of that part of that is because Gasman has. Resources at the schools where she's been, UPenn and Rutgers, where you can have a TA and you can have certain support things that'll allow you to do other things like research, mm-hmm. if you want to call it research, like do media calls, um, like send you know mass emails out and entertain you know things like that, like do a think tank, like do a fundraising dinner. Yeah, those are things that a lot of faculty could do and should do if mm-hmm. you have the freedom to do it. That's right. So the question becomes, is it unfair that she has those resources available to do it and is now positioned herself kind of like the wolf in our community? Mm-hmm. Or can our schools somehow find a way where we can carve out a little bit more time and almost mandate that our faculty, that part of their tenure and review process, if it already isn't there, that is the social outreach? How many times have you been in the news? How many times have you, you know, put things out and put research out on social media? What kind of traction did it get? Yeah. Um, how many HBCU awards have you won? Yeah. Right. No, so you're, you're, you're
0: spot you're spot on, and um, I think it's you know, look the the researcher has made some some headway being notified as the expert in our space and i i would always tell people like yo if you don't like it you got to do something about it and doing something about it does not mean sitting around the table and talking about it it means actionable stuff it means taking uh, the next step to ensure that we have the platforms ourselves places where we can grow and do things and challenge um, and but I, but I also think that people should not um, think that ice water is colder at those institutions than it is at ours. It is not colder right. in no way, shape, form, or fashion, and nor does uh, the researcher have any noticeably power to get you placed in, in our spaces. I would argue in most cases it's detrimental to be associated with her. Um, you won't get your research done or are people going to be knocking down the door to talk to you or give you a job because of your affiliation. That's a nugget that most won't say, but I'm just going to let, you know, just keep it real. Like, you know, it can actually be detrimental to be um, affiliated with her. Certainly on my campus, it
1: will be. Um, I'm going to tell you, man, one of the big, the things that has helped propel her to more notoriety is the fact that she has always used HBCUs as an element of a larger platform, which is to shame PWIs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm nervous about that because Sean Harper does the same thing at USC. Um, and a lot of other people yeah. are starting to do that, particularly in the black on campus yep. era, yep. which goes, what, 2015? That yep. happened in Missouri? 2015 on up, Yep. So yep. you're now looking at five years since Missouri, mm-hmm. and now you're having these these predominantly white institutions saying, crap, we ain't black enough. Yep. Let's so manufacture at, a little bit of right. it. Mm-hmm. We ain't black enough. Our faculty isn't black enough. Our student body isn't black enough. Our resources ain't black enough. We got to get blacker real quick. Mm-hmm. So they are turning to folks that have for years done this the kind loudest of work voice. Of, of PWI shaming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that resonates with them to say, okay, well, let's pay you a hundred grand to tell us how we can get blacker. And then, white they, lady. And then
0: they neutralize Black. them, right? right? They drive them crazy because once they get to those institutions, they see that, oh, wait a minute. So you're really not about diversity and inclusion. This is, this is a ploy. This is
1: a ploy. And, yeah. and, and and to our disadvantage, we don't, we don't deal with shame on you, PWI. Yeah. We talk about give the HBCUs a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Look at all the weight we've been able to carry. That's right. For y'all. Like, so when, you know, when you, the students, you won't let in, look what we're doing with them and turning out in terms of tax paying. Absolutely. Law abiding, government supporting, citizens propping up your, your city, your town, your, you know, your county, Mm -hmm. your state. Like that, that, that's what HBCUs are doing. Mm -hmm. So because we took so many years talking about here are the advantages of Black systems, black people, black institutions, and we didn't bother with the with the, the faulty notion of, look what white institutions ain't doing for us. Mm-hmm. We knew that. We always have known that that was a waste of time. That that's not a new story. Right. 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 <laughs> it may it may be new. It may be new to people outside of higher education who are that just
0: good. getting it. Who are just getting the memo. They're right? just
1: learning. Okay, so whoop, yes, yeah, breaking news. Yeah.
0: White schools don't do right by black people. <laughs>
2: Where you been? <laughs> hey, but, but,
0: you, you know what else is funny to me, Jared? When when um, Gallup did their little study in seventeen, um, right. and affirmed what we have known since eighteen fifty six or fifty four
2: <laughs> that that our
0: our graduates are more prepared, and they are right. civically engaged, and they're happier, and they they make money, um, like. To me, it was a slap in the face because people were just applauding that work. Like, I give Johnny Taylor credit for that because I know he was on the board and he probably had something to do with it. I've never had a conversation with Johnny Taylor about this, but I would imagine
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that he probably had given how he is a metrics guy and he loves data, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And to especially to tell his story as... Uh, at that time, he was the chief executive officer for Thurgood Marshall. Um, right. So. But it also infuriates me when people talk about relevancy of our institutions. Negro, we are still with our hands tied behind our back, outperforming and outproducing with meager resources. If you take us out of the equation, y'all going to die.
1: <laughs> you know, like, well, like, that, that's what's so puzzling about it because even with the stuff that Gaston says and does, the companies and the industries don't look at it like this is a this is an authoritative direction in which we should go. So, you know, it's it's difficult to hear her say stuff like um, you need it, you need you need a bigger endowment. Okay, how? <laughs> But what about right? or, what? or you need to you need to tell your story. Okay, how? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How, right. How, like how? you know, like you're you're making a lot of recommendations, but they're not done within the context of It's lazy
0: okay, research, yeah. dog. It's lazy right, research.
1: Right. So I don't you know you know if you and, and I and I think that and I and I hope my brother doesn't take this personally. A lot of the time she will she'll point to Michael Sorrell. And Paul Quinn, as the example of what HBCUs could be, mm-hmm. right? And that that is hard and well earned. That makes a whole bunch of sense because that brother pulled that school out the dirt. You hear me?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: but what is unique about it is one—that's a job he didn't need. He was already an attorney. Right. He didn't. They got somebody who who. First and foremost, what had the best strength that you can go into any presidency, presidency. I don't need this. Right. Number two, <laughs> as a private, they had a lot more flexibility to do what needed to be done That's in terms right. of, we got to pair our roles on students. Mm-hmm. We got to cut back on some of these bills. We're going to cut the football team. Yep. We're going to make a farm on the football field. Yep. They ain't no way in hell a number of schools yeah. would have done half of the bold things that Mike and them were able to do yeah. down there. But because of the flexibility he had, it had. that's right. And that's on top right. of that, Mike was Mike was already in his own right media savvy, entrepreneurial. Yeah. So and you can't look at you can't look at an example. Can't apply that of a, Paul Quinn and Mike the, Sorrell yeah. and say everybody go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fisk ain't gonna let you do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Fiskites <laughs> would would roll over in their graves, and it would be the coming the second coming of the mummies walking around that piece trying they to get ain't
2: you. They not gonna let you do that. Yeah, so yeah, like, no. Could you imagine Southern?
0: Uh no way. No way. Xavier, Wiley, so, <laughs> living soul, like Joseph C. Smith, but like the, it it can't happen. Um and there's also, you know, this this insatiable appetite to, to quote and get her to, you know, really pontificate on the future of our schools. Like I remember right. I can't remember if it was it was Cheney or Lincoln that she said, well, they should probably close and reinvent themselves to be like a scholarship school or something. She said something that was <laughs> ludicrous, right? And, and but, oh, by the way, both of them are, they are doing well, right? right? From where they were, but, and then she talked about, well, Wilberforce is probably gonna close. Like, shut up, okay, just be quiet. <laughs> because there's a special sauce. You can be on a board, great, knock yourself out. But if you haven't attended one of these pieces, worked at one of these pieces, and certainly served in the administration, I think it's conjecture uh, when you start talking about what people don't have the capacity to do. Um, Because the spirit of these colleges are different, right? They're just different and you never know what uh, what fuels places. So I'm not suggesting that you can't look outside and, and give a prediction. I'm not, I'm not saying that totally. I think it's difficult to do. Um, but I also think that what is never in the equation about the survivability and viability of these institutions is the special sauce. And that sounds weird um, to say and probably difficult people to, for people to, to grasp, But I'm telling you, there's something special about these places that need to be factored in when people start talking about they're
1: going to die. Let me say that because I'm in that camp that some of them are going to die and some of them will. But it's not for the same reasons that she might share or she might believe because she'll say, oh, you know, people always wrong. these schools are going to close. These schools will never close. Five yeah. schools in vermont closed last year yeah in and, of two months.
0: and mcmurray up in <laughs> illinois just just died the other day right like right. like so, so these
1: schools are closing yeah but yeah the, but the issue is the special sauce that you're talking about is what black people tend to do in moments of crisis you're mm-hmm. not we're we're built to last and we're built to fight mm-hmm. right so if you say we're gonna close bennett well, damn it, not without this ten million dollars coming.
0: Right, you got to get this right. business real quick.
1: You're gonna, you're gonna get these hands before you think about. And it that's out. a, and that's so a bad model. That's a, a very bad model. Mm-hmm. And, and what is happening is a lot of our leaders, and understandably so, but they got to get away from this, is waiting until the last possible minute mm-hmm. to say we're in trouble. Yeah. You got to activate Voltron. Way before that, you can't go. let you can't you let the bill get so out of hand yeah. that you then go to the community and say we need to do this in thirty days or we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You, can't, you cannot you cannot do that, like because we'll come. But the problem is, I think black folks are going to look at Bennett and say we couldn't we couldn't save him. Yeah. Now, because we raised all that money, we had Justice Smollett and all them rallying for the school and we couldn't get it done they still lost their accreditation but there are brothers like mccullough abdullah mm-hmm. i think you may have mentioned this before that there's about to be a renaissance a renaissance of the way that we think about accreditation has to be so it may be that sex is not a good fit for you given mm-hmm. their standards mm-hmm. but it may be that tracks is your way out that's and right. your way up
0: that's right and and so when you
1: look at a school like Payne, mm-hmm. when you look at a school like Bennett, mm-hmm. they Morris may make Brown, who they might just make, it. <laughs> yeah. But so we can't be under, but we can't we can't do the false thing, which is to say, oh, we're all good when we're not.
0: No, no, no. I I think that is injurious, right? But I I think what people need to understand is that all institutions are 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 subject to close. And um, we will lose some schools if things aren't done differently. And I think this goes back to the model in higher education. There's it's a it's a a common um, um, known fact that there are two models that HBCUs. it's referred to as either the business model or the the church model. And Mm -hmm. if if folks can't make that transition quick enough, from that church model to that business model, then there is going to be, um, call it in the midnight hour, right? right. And, and, and that's not the way to do things, which is one of the reasons why health and I think others are really trying to shore up the pipeline, right? Because if you can get some transformational leaders to lead these colleges, which I would argue that we have a litany of transformational leaders all up and down the board, male and female at these HBCUs. Now, um, I I think that is going to help um, because people will come in, make decisions that need to be made with a business leaning, um, with an inference of mission uh, tent on their decision making. Right. That that mission of giving everybody an opportunity is wonderful and powerful, but promissory notes don't carry, um, innovation promissory notes. Don't attract the best and brightest faculty and staff, you know, so we've got to get from this place of being all things for all people, um, still being able to serve, but making sure that we are doing it in a way that does not
1: injure the entire body. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and that's why I got to give credit to Health because I think that you guys are having the honest conversations. And it's like in the same mode of what, you know, Charlie Nelms and Mary Sias tried to do with MLI mm-hmm. would ask you. But it's different in the sense that I gather from people who've attended and from people who run it that there really are moments where you get in the room and say, this is the deal, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's straight no chases, Jared. About, <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about, you know, best practices and case Mm-mm. examples. Mm-mm. Let me tell you what happened when my board member told me, hire my niece or you're fired. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and
0: you know, people should not get it twisted. We are scholars and practitioners, right, and, and, and true to our craft. So we are giving you what, what you need and what you will find other places, but we're also giving you that peek behind the curtain. Right. And that that's where that real conversation comes in. And, but most importantly, I think for me, Jared, what we like to push is authenticity. Um, Because if you're schizophrenic (laughs) and what you do when you go home and you're not that same person, when you come to the work, I'm not going to get the best out of you. I need you to be authentically who you are and understand that there's a place that will have you. Um, if you can be that man, then that's where, where people flourish. And, and it is tribalism. What we've, what we've unintentionally created at, at health. We had no idea that it would turn out to be the way it is, bro. We do this pinning ceremony at the very end and people, after about the sixth cohort, they started lining up as though they were crossing um, and coming out. <laughs> I mean, they got line names and you know li- they, got li- they got names of their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. there is competition. And what we what we found, man, is that there is a hunger for belonging. Uh, for a community of practitioners to be able to uplift each other as the boat and the, and the tide rises, that they, they, that they rise together. And so I think our greatest strength at Health Man has been to really just tap in into a void that people really need. And that's a simple place of camaraderie with like minded individuals, man, who, who really care about the HBCU space.
1: Beautiful thing, man. It's yeah, it, uh it's good work if you can get it. <laughs> yes, sir. Um and just Lord willing they, they, they let us stay in it for a little bit longer.
0: Yes, sir. That that's our prayer, man. So we're gonna cut across the field, bro, and I'm gonna hit you with some um with some uh, rapid fire questions and then uh, let you close out with some parting shots. But I think we might need to do this monthly, my brother, maybe even a little sooner, (laughs) man. Cause this, this is, well, I told you you could curse any damn time you wanted to. There's nothing like a (laughs) well-placed curse word to punctuate the point. Um, And that, that is from Tony Pinkard. Uh, I'm not saying that he curses. I'm just saying that he, he, he gave me that quote to make me feel good about my cursing. Um, And the other thing I've always wanted to know, and I'm in school getting a master's in theology from SMU. First thing I asked all those scholars is, is it wrong to curse? Like I need to know, it, what does the Bible say about curse words? And one of right. the greatest minds at SMU said, well, Herman, it is certainly impolite, but right. there is absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with it. In fact, I enjoy uh sharing a word or two myself so when that happened that just put me into a different place i cuss all the damn time
1: see and every time i try to get away with it my wife will say let the words of my mouth (laughs) and the meditations of my My heart heart. yes yes. well you know
0: those those folks who are grounded in that christianity and they live with jesus a little more than us can always try to put us back where we need to be so thank god shout out to your wife uh, for keeping you uh, uh even um jordan's or jay's or or wands i'm sorry jordan's or wands Uh, jordan's um uh martin or or living single
1: oh lord um I'm a, you know what? I'm going to say Living Single. I would have said Martin a couple weeks ago, but I just started binging Living Single on Hulu. Okay. And that, I would say Living Single, just okay. because that's, that's fresh in mind now.
0: Okay. Um, fried fish or fried chicken? Oh,
1: man, that's not even fair. Um, if it's catfish, fried fish. If it's not catfish, then chicken. <laughs> I love it. Um, favorite dessert? Apple
0: pie. Look, man, if I if I ask this question one more time, and the response is apple pie, I'm going to lose it, right? Because that's mine too. But Coca-Cola just took it to another uh, another space. President Abdullah at, at Virginia State said, "I kind of like it messy too. It can be deconstructed, but I like that apple pie and throw a little ice cream on it, some vanilla ice cream, and I'm Gucci.
1: Like that is." Most, most people would say, most people say, like, you could say the pie or something like that, but you can't get that just anytime. No. You can get an apple pie pretty much time. Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. Um, uh, George Bush, one or George Bush, two? Oh. Oh,
1: man. I'm um, to say, one, because he went to Hampton and Alcorn and gave a little bit of money. Um, did you, that got some, that got some stuff going. Did you,
0: (laughs) did you appreciate who they were as men after they left office?
1: After. And I'll tell you why. Um, the thing you got to know about Republicans is they, they have to, they have to answer to some races. Mm hmm. They have to answer to some racists. So no matter who they are,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: a big, big part of their block is racist. So every now and then, they have to do something. They have to send a signal to say, I'm with you. Well, sometimes that's Willie Lynch. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's. but you had some really good people on both sides. So, if you look back over the policy making of a lot of those a lot of those guys the dollars that you see coming to hbcus are a little bit different than you see under democratic leaders now let me say that's all to that is all to say that we got to do a better job of making sure that the Republicans at the state level
0: Our don't go overboard. That. That's right.
1: Because in places like Louisiana and Mississippi, they don't they don't give a damn. <laughs> they, don't, they don't they don't they don't they don't fall in line. They'll just say, you know, these Negroes, y'all go stand over there and take this budget cut. So they don't they don't really fall in line with the federal kind of G O P.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: so that's the thing that we have to—we got to we gotta be better at—and not necessarily voting GOP and not necessarily um, supporting GOP causes. Although I do say every every black folk, every black person in America should try to be as middle of the road as we can be, um, because we got interests. Yeah, <laughs> we don't got we don't got candidates and we don't got officials. We got interests. Interest.
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm the president of Wiley College and I have Republicans, Democrats independence, atheists, Buddhists, and everything else on my campus. So right. I'm going to get money wherever it is. As long as it doesn't compromise it right. my in my personal integrity and the integrity of the institution, I don't care what the prevailing thought about whoever is in any office is, if I can secure some funds for the people at, at Wiley College. I could care right. less. You can come protest on my campus, you can do whatever you want to do um <laughs> cuz you know for me I understand I have a picture as soon as you walk into the 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 president's house is a picture of Lyndon B Johnson Martin Luther King um and and James Farmer who's a graduate of mm-hmm. Wiley and mm-hmm. they're in the oval office and that picture is so powerful because at a time when people thought Lyndon B. Johnson was the devil um, and was evil and a racist, um, even though he signed some things into law, pe- the growing sentiment was that you shouldn't be dealing with them, right? right? So it, for me, what that picture says is that you have still got to go into the belly of the beast, even if you don't agree with the beast, and and agitate from that side agitation is the only way that we get to where we want to go and there should be some people out in the streets raising cane but you better know that f- some folk better put on um you know a suit and tie and go handle business uh in a way that um is not pleasing to the common person and 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 a great point in that is the US has been in talks with the Taliban
1: for a minute Right, <laughs> right, right, and as a marine, you you have a different appreciation when you hear that word. I do. Taliban than do. a lot of a lot of other people. I do, but I mean it is. I mean it, it, Look at what we're going through with Trump, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that offends the sensibility, mm-hmm. racially and otherwise. Rightfully so. We're talking if we're talking about money. Yeah, and you know, so the argument is, well, what you going to do for? You know, what are you going to do for money? Well, not let the school close for one. Hey, hey!
2: <laughs> Let me know, tell you like something. Not with
1: the school clothes, so you know. Let's start there.
0: I would, I would, uh, before I give you a chance for these parting shots, I would tell, I would compel folk to go back and look at the damage that the Parent Plus loan did under the right. Obama administration. When you get right. done with that, I want you to tell me what your what your thought is of Arne Duncan and President Obama, and I want you to also take this fact: when approached. And told that this legislation, this change would be catastrophic, they responded with silence. Right. And they exacerbated that by taking two to almost three years to overturn that. So.
1: But he was on. He, he did more house commencement. He did anti commitment. So you got to you got to know when people are giving you policy versus picture opportunities. That's right. And that's I, you right. know the funny thing is everybody everybody said it's a photo out with Trump. You'll <laughs> you'll know. And and, and you, you should know now if you haven't been paying attention, but we'll know in a couple of years what came to our sector from this guy's hands. And that's not to say he's a saint at all. A lot of people I can't I can't stand him. Oh. But it is to say you got to you got to you have to acknowledge the policymaking that is taking place. Mm-hmm. And the the, 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 the ear that they were w- willing to lend our sector, and not just in major stuff If you go back and even look at how many times you, so many of our presidents have testified on Capitol Hill, dude. And how many times did that happen under the previous eight years?
0: It, let's let's even let's let's stratify it, stratify it by looking at even cabinet members who had contact with HBCUs. Right. I, it is nothing to get an appointment with Betsy DeVos. I'm not yep. talking about her underlings, uh, what people would call, um, but her undersecretaries and deputy secretaries. I'm talking about Betsy DeVos. Right. Like Arnie Duncan would never come and talk to HBCUs, right? Yep. Um, for whatever it's worth, man. I, I, I'm just these receipts, real quick. I will tell you this the katrina schools were trying to get their loans forgiven under one administration and one forgave them <laughs> i will tell you this uh <laughs> folk were trying to get relief from the um hbcu capital refinance, capital refinance project Finance. under yep. one administration and another one agreed to it yep. uh, one administration was, was seeking uh folks were seeking higher pay uh eligibility stuff and uh impel awards, and one administration did. Um, right, you can talk about receipts all day long. I can, I can spit out about five or ten of them for you. <laughs> and that's not to suggest that I like one better than I like the other. I'm just in a world where we have to deal with data and facts. And that's a
1: difference is, between feeling good and being, and being healthy, bro. That's right. One administration made yeah, us feel good. Right. Another one is making us healthier. That's right. That's right.
0: Parting shots, my brother. Party shots, what you got for us? I
1: mean, it's uh, first and foremost, thank you so much, man. This, this conversation flew by, man. And mm-hmm. I'm um, grateful to the work you're doing down in Marshall, Texas, at Wiley, and and grateful for the work you and the cohort of young presidents are doing uh, because I, I really do think it's turning a corner on how we think about the presidency and how we think about HBCUs from the social media galvanization to the, the policy um, and cultural. Uh, opinions that you guys are taking um i think i think the sector's is in a really good place um there's a lot that suggests that we aren't but i i really do think that we are mm-hmm. and i think that the more conscious that black folks become of what you guys are doing and what these schools mean economically politically culturally and otherwise we're going to be in an even better position so i'm just i'm grateful that you know you guys are continuing this this, this great and bold work um and that I hope to, you know, continue to be a resource. I don't run nothing. I don't hire nobody. I don't <laughs> fire anybody. Uh, but if, if I can continue to be some kind of outlet through which you guys can speak and which, you know, these schools can advance the agenda on research and cultural stability and political power, and the, the, I just will keep on doing it, man. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, brother. I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you.
0: Well, we um, we definitely appreciate you, man. I'm so grateful that you took time to uh, to get with us and um, had, um, you know, the 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 conversation that we had, man, is just the tip of the iceberg of uh, what you have to offer. Um, and I want to thank you on behalf of the other founders, Alfred Anthony Pinkard, um, Greg Dees um, and Melva uh, Williams and George T. French. Man, we appreciate the work that you do doing, your advocacy uh, and um, the zealousness that you attack um, this space and uh, advocating for us and, and telling the story, good, bad or indifferent. We, we, we really appreciate it. And I appreciate you as a man. Uh, and as a brother, I do not like the fact that you are a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, but that is,
2: you know, I just had to put that
0: out there. There's something that I don't like about you and that is it. That is all, my brother.
2: <laughs> my brother, I thank you. Man. Take
0: care of yourself, man. All
2: right, man.
0: This has been another episode of the forecast, uh, I'm sorry, the four thoughts of our founders here um, at... Uh, health. So grateful to have Jared Carter with us. Uh, be on the lookout for some more news, and uh, also uh, stay tuned for our next series entitled "Who's Next," where we look at the emerging uh, and uh, emerging leaders uh, in the space. Want to hear about them? Want to hear what they're doing? We're excited about uh, the next wave. Even though we feel like we've got you know a couple more decades in the game. Uh, We're really excited about identifying the next wave Um, until the next time. Please take care of yourselves and your families uh, and may God hold you in the very palm of his hands.